sisters, this is Pastor Don Scott Damon, and I am your Freedom Coach, and you're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. We are women helping women live full, fierce, and free lives, and hey, I hope that includes you, because you know what? God sent his son Jesus so that you could have an amazing life, an outstanding life an abundant and beautiful life. And guess what? Here's the cool part. It is our choice. Did you know that? You get to choose if you're going to have an amazing, outstanding life. Now, there's some things you don't get to choose. You don't get to choose what family you're born into. You don't get to choose whether you're a girl or a guy or white or black. But you do get to choose what kind of an attitude you're going to have. Because you know what? Victory and living abundance and out. Standing lives does not depend on our circumstances around us. doesn't depend on how much money we have. I know we think money buys happiness, but money buys a lot of trouble too, by the way. But you do get to choose the attitude, and that is really where your victory and your freedom comes from. Not your material possessions. It comes from something you do possess. So what mindset do you possess? What what thoughts and how do you maneuver your your thinking and your the way you process things? You get to decide how you're going to do that. And those things are what leads you to an amazing life and an abundant life. And you know what? Sometimes in this life, how many know we get disappointed? We have some unmet expectations. We have some things that happen to us. How do you recover from that? Well, tonight we're going to finish up a series that we started last week called unmet expectations. It's the story of Jonah. Jonah was mad at God. He was angry at God. And tonight we're going to listen to part two of that message. And if you didn't listen last week, I want you to catch that before you go into this next part. But listen to this message. We're going to join a message that I did live called Jonah and unmet expectations. You don't want to say it. You don't want to let anybody know I, I'm angry with God, but your your worship is a little more quiet. Your prayers start to get silent. And if you could hear God speaking to you like he speaks to Jonah, you might hear him say, Child, doest thou well Come back to me. Talk to me. I see your anger. I see your disappointment. When we don't do that, it turns into bitterness. It turns into bitterness. And a bitter root grows up. The Bible says in Hebrews that when a bitter root grows up, it grows up, it hurts you and defiles many. It doesn't take much to find a bitter person, does it? You can smell them. I mean, you can see them coming miles away. A bitter person, can't you? Angry, crusted over, bitter, don't understand unconditional love, don't understand God's mercy and grace, not not understanding that, you know what, I don't need to point out somebody else's flaws when I'm a flawed individual myself, learning to walk in grace, bitterness. Here's the sad thing about Jonah. The last words we ever read of Jonah are these. Yes, I have a right to be angry. And I just want to die. And that's it. 
We don't, we don't read about Jonah again. We see him referred to in the New Testament, but Jonah himself never speaks another word. That is a sad commentary, my friends, on someone's life. Someone who knew God, someone who served God, but because of disappointment, because of anger with God, because of life situations and circumstances that we don't understand, they fall away and die angry. I've, I, as a pastor, I've seen people who will lay on their deathbed knowing, and you want them to accept Christ as their Savior, and the last thing that they'll say is, there is no God. Take their last breath cursing God. Wow. May it never be said of us, don't waste one more day of your life being angry. Doest thou well? To be angry? You got the short stick? Join the club. (laughs) You know, I hate to diss on you, but you don't have a corner on the market on pain. We've all been through some pain. What you going to do with it? Going to live in pity? Going to nurse the wound? Sometimes God allows adversity just to uh, get us to our knees that will cry out his name so that he can get us back on the path of the real plan that he has for our life. I just got to say this because I feel the anointing right now. Stop rehearsing the wound, somebody. Stop it. There's enough healing in Jesus Christ to set you free and give you brand new life. You're thinking in in your disappointment and in your anger towards God and in your bitterness, you feel like you've just been buried. And you're in this deep, dark place. It's just tight. And you're dying. And you're angry. And you're about ready to explode. And what you don't understand is that you have not been buried. You've been planted. You've been planted. And there's a difference. Because when you're planted, that means you're about to grow brand new. Who am I preaching to this morning? Something brand new. That little seed in the ground going, I'm all alone. Nobody's ever experienced what I'm experiencing. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not dissing on you. I get pain. Been there, done that. Have 17 t-shirts. I'm all by myself. It's dark in here. Nobody calls me. Nobody noticed I was gone. I'm all alone. I'm the only one. And, and what's worse is that I feel like I'm breaking apart. And something, oh, something's breaking open, and, and I'm making this up as I go, can you tell? <laughs> what? I don't, what's that? Looks like a, a shoot. Oh, shoot. I'm coming up. I'm being resurrected. I went down as a dead, dry seed. And I'm coming back up alive in Jesus. Amen. 
stop rehearsing the wound. I have a dear friend who struggles with Lyme's disease. I don't know if anybody understands Lyme's, but it, it's really um, very difficult. It's in the nervous system, so one day she can't walk. Her legs won't work. One day she has seizure after seizure after seizure. Then she'll go two weeks and she'll be fine, and we can go to Shipshawana and buy all kinds of junk we don't need. And um, then the next time I talk to her, she's blind in one eye. It's, it's just crazy. It's been going on for several years now. And when I talk to her on the phone, what I can't say is, you know, God can heal this. Hang in there, you know. In Jesus' name, you're healed. Because I believe all of that. I do. But I don't tout that to her because it says back to me, she says, I know he can. But he won't. And he's not. And I'm hurting. And I don't know what to do. And she'll say, just pray for me. That my faith won't fail. Jesus had a disciple named Peter who had the same issue about to happen in his life, the same battle. Jesus said to him, Simon, he didn't call him Peter this day. Peter means Petros, or rock, small pebble, rock. It literally, a bunch of pebbles mixed together, what we would call cement. And on this, I'm going to build my church, on this foundation. But he didn't call him Peter that day. He called him Simon Reed, hollow reed, blowing in the wind. I know that there's a little bit of Peter in all of us, and there's a little bit of Simon in all of us. There are days when we're strong, and we have a strong foundation, and we're confident, and there's days we just blow in the wind, and we don't know what ends up. He said, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. Tear apart the chaff and the wheat and crush you. Satan's asked to do that. But I'm praying for you. What did Jesus say? I'm praying for you that it won't happen. I'm praying for you that you'll escape it. I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail when you go through it. And when you come out the other side, I want you to strengthen others who are going through the same thing. Gideon in the Old Testament, real quick picture of another bitter, angry at God. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. Guess what Gideon's name meant, by the way? Stump. I think his friends called him Stumpy. Stumpy was in a pit. He was threshing uh, wheat where they used to crush the grapes. That means there's no vineyards, there's no grapes, there's no cattle to crush the wheat. He's hiding from the enemy. So Stumpy's in the pit. Where's Stumpy today? No, no, raise your hand. I know you're in the pit. Angel of the Lord shows up and says, Mighty woman of God, mighty man of God, mighty person of God, I see you and you have great favor. And Gideon literally says, (laughs) right, right. And the Bible goes on to say that Gideon says, where is the God of miracles? Why is he letting all this happen? Where's the so-called God we've heard of? Bitter, bitter. Bitter with God. Three things. 
and I'm going to close. Um, when you preach a message like this, I was telling my husband, Paul, where are you? Hi, baby. Um, when you preach a message like this, I said, I got into this message because I felt this is what God was giving me, you know, and I kept waiting for the good ending that, you know, I was sure that God was going to give me. It was like, how do you get out of disappointment with God? Who has the right answer for why? Why, God? Who has the right answer for that? Where is God when it hurts? Why isn't God healing my friend? And she's a mighty woman of God. She's served him faithfully. I don't have the answers for this. All I can do is share with you what happens to me when I go through hard times and if it works for you. But I believe it's biblical. I believe it's a biblical response. Hard to understand. You've got to get a hold of God and you've got to get his answer for your life. When I work with survivors and women who have come out of sexual abuse, where was God when I was being hurt? I don't try to provide that answer. I share with them what God spoke to my heart. And for me, it's well with my soul. But you've got to figure that out. But here's three things that I know. Number one, disappointments are a fact of life. You're going to get disappointed. It's going to happen. But oftentimes our disappointments come from unmet expectations or wrong, misaligned expectations. You see, so often people don't understand that God is a God to be loved. God is a friend, a father to have a relationship with. God is not a genie in the bottle that we we rub and poof, and he's going to give us our request. God is not a slot machine that, you know, we put in our coins and hope that we, you know, get three lemons on God. Throw the dice. Come on, seven. I only know that because Paul, Paul. God's not a lucky rabbit's foot. You know, good luck charm. I got it, I got it. God's a relationship. He's, he's our father. And, and so in relationships, you talk through your expectations. You, you talk through your disappointments. And don't forget that God was disappointed with us too. He said, I was disappointed that I even made, made man. But then the love for you overwhelmed that disappointment. God keeps reaching. He sent Jesus. When I feel disappointed by God, it's because at that moment there's something I'm longing for more than him. Whether it's healing, employment, a child, a spouse. As good as healing and employment and a child and a spouse is, none of them will come close to satisfying me as much as God himself. The amplified version of Habakkuk 3 quickly just says, though there's no fig in the tree, there's no cattle in the stall, though all, all those things that I want don't happen, yet will I praise him. Yet will I choose to thank God for who he is. Yet will I run to him and give him thanks. And that's something that I've just trained myself to do. I kind of call it my yet praise. I don't have what I want, yet will I praise you, God. It didn't turn out like I think, yet will I praise you, God. This hurts, God, but yet I will praise you. I will exalt your name, oh Jesus. 
And sometimes I just get loud because I know the devil, he's not deaf, but I just like to give it to him. Second thing that I've learned is that doubts about God are an age-old demonic attack. From the beginning of time, Satan snuck in the garden. He saw Eve there. She might have been pondering the tree. I'm not really sure what she was doing. I'm sure she was cooking Adam a good meal. Fruit salad. Did God really say? What did he do? He came in with doubt. If I can just get doubt, if I can just get you to doubt the call of God, if I can get you to doubt the word of the Lord, if I can get you to doubt yourself, if I can get you to doubt God, that's an age-old attack. How about this? Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Trust God. When things don't go the way you think, it's just an invitation to go deeper into the heart of God. Fall into the heart of God. Don't doubt in the darkness what God gives you in the light. Get in the word and know who he is. Job's wife, Job covered with sores all over his body, says, yet I will praise the Lord. And I know I'm going through the fire, but I'm going to come out like gold. And Job's wife says, are you really trying to hold on to your integrity? Curse God and die already. This was the advice of a good wife. Don't clap. Don't clap. <laughs> Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Trust the Lord. I don't get it, but I trust you, God. Stay in faith. This is the third thing I, I, I've learned to do, I hope to do, I try to do. Stay in the word and give God your anger. Don't spend one more day in unnecessary anger. It's a ploy of the enemy. It's a trap. New Testament says, my dear brothers and sisters, always be willing to listen, slow to speak. Do not become angry easily because anger will not help you live the right kind of life God wants. Doest thou well to be angry? Doest thou well to hold that bitterness and that pain and that wound? Give it to God. Release it to the Lord. Don't let the last words that we ever hear come out of your mouth. And, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't know. Like Jonah, I do right to be angry. I deserve my anger. And I want to die. There were two similarities that Jonah and Jesus have, and scholars notate these. Two similarities. When Jonah ran from the presence of God, he boarded the ship. And the first thing he did was go to the, the bow of the boat and he fell asleep. And he was sleeping through the storm. And the men on the boat had to come and shake him and wake him up and say, We've drawn lots and the lot fell, fell to you. 
Jesus fell asleep on the boat and his disciples experienced the storm and they went to the master and they shook him and they tried to wake him up and they said, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? Jonah slept through the storm because he was in depression and disappointed. And Jesus slept through the storm because he was at rest and peace with God. Where are you today? Where are you? And where will you be when the storm of life hits you? Doest thou well to be angry? Or doest thou better to be humble? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, some of us just need our yet praise to be returned to us. And I pray right now, God, every person here at the sound of my voice, is willing to extend their hands to you right now and say, I confess. I'm disappointed. My life has not gone the way I wanted it to. I didn't see myself being here. But I can't stay angry at you, God, because I'm stuck. I need my yet praise returned to me. Lord, would you just see these people and would you just bless them right now, Lord, with release and breakthrough and deliverance as you whisper in their ear. If there's someone sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus, he's never been invited to be the boss, the president, the king, the ruler, the master of your life. Pray this morning that you would receive him. It's simply done by saying, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and give me a new start. And if you prayed that prayer, we believe you get born again. Jesus, thank you for being here today. Thank you for your very real presence. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. And I hope you've enjoyed the teaching tonight. It's just so good to be reminded again, and I hope you also prayed that prayer. If you have never before accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I hope tonight was your night. And I also hope that if you've been struggling with something, ladies, you're just able to put it down at the feet of Jesus and trust and know that he has all things in his control. So lean into his sovereignty, lean into his grace and mercy, and just let God take over. Stop the striving. Stop the struggling. It's time for you to be free. Tonight, if you prayed that prayer or you'd like to tell me anything, I encourage you to email me at dawn at dawnscottdamon.com. That's my website as well, dawnscottdamon.com. I'd love to hear from you. Or visit my blog, thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. Again, that's freedomgirlsisterhood.com. I hope you will take advantage of that. And hey, everybody, one more thing I want to tell you before I say goodnight. The Freedom Girls Sisterhood Conference is coming back. That's right. This will be our fifth conference, and I want you to be a part of that. We will be meeting at Tribes Church on North Grand Rapids, and I want you to be there on November 5th. So registrations are starting soon, but at least get that date on your calendar. Save the date. We don't want you to miss it. 
This is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach, saying live full, live fierce, and live free. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Good night.